Psalm chapter 4 and verse 1. I'm going to be reading three verses. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing Selah? Last scripture, but know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. I draw my thought out of the verse, first verse where it says, Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. I want to preach to you on this subject this morning, the power of trouble. The power of trouble. Why don't you lay your Bibles down? Everyone close your eyes, lift up your hands, and let's ask God to do exactly what he wants to do here. Lord Jesus, I'm completely dependent upon you this morning. I trust not in my ability. I trust not in the gifts that you have given me. I humble myself before you. I hide behind the cross. I hide behind your presence. I pray that you would do something in every individual. I pray that you would change lives, God. Help me to be sensitive to your spirit. Quicken what you need to quicken. Anoint what you need to anoint. Meet needs in this auditorium this morning. Let the people of God be blessed. Let the people of God be transformed. Let lives be changed by your anointing. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Can you clap your hands one more time? Can you clap those hands a little bit louder? Can you clap those hands a little bit louder? You know, the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Come on, that clapping's going to wake somebody up near you right now. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The power of trouble. There are things that God has ordained and himself before time ever began. There are things that God has ordained over your life before you were ever born. Bible says that we are chosen in him before the foundation of the world. God knew every personality that is represented here uh, before time was ever made, before, before you ever existed, before your family ever existed, God already knew what he wanted to do and how he wanted to work in you. God had already deemed some things over your life. There are some things that God intended to happen. There's some blessings. There's some promises. There's some incredible things that God has deemed over you that he values. He had deemed, he told Adam and Eve, he said, I deem blessing over you. I command you to be fruitful, to multiply, to, to, to cover the earth and let the earth be blessed. And I deem blessing over you. But how many of you know that whenever God deems something over you, it seems like trouble always raises its head. And God issued a, a deem, a blessing, an intention over man, but immediately Satan began to work and try to start messing with that deem. He began to bring trouble upon the land. He brought temptation to Adam and Eve, and Eve was deceived, and Adam transgressed, and now problems began to take over, and trouble came in the earth in a fresh manner. Well, now that original deem of God had been tainted by the 
enemy now the ground wouldn't yield uh, as it was supposed to yield now there would be barrenness now there would be trouble now there would be uh, abandonment now there would be uh, Cain being exiled from the garden now there would be murder now God's deem has been messed with by the enemy trouble had come to take away what God had intended to bless man trouble had come to alter what God had immediately had wanted to bless the God sent the demon trouble immediately began to alter it and God was trying to do whatever he can uh, to alter the demon so man could still be blessed uh, in the midst of trouble isn't that the case every time it seems like there's a prophecy that comes over your life you go home and trouble is waiting on you to mess uh, with that with that promise uh, every time God speaks blessing over you uh, you go back to your work and all of a sudden trouble arises uh, it starts messing with it come on has that ever happened to anybody here and it makes you start doubting that deem that was placed over you it makes you start doubting that promise uh, that was placed over you trouble comes to mess with the deem uh, and so God throughout the Old Testament uh, he is trying to find a way to make the deem accomplished uh, in the midst of all of the trouble uh, and it's not working so in the New Testament uh, God humbles himself uh, in the flesh uh, and he comes for one purpose uh, and that is to redeem man he reissues the original deem through his blood I feel like preaching for a moment. God sent a deem, but trouble began to mess with what God had intended. So God came to die for us to reissue the original deem through his blood as if the problem never happened. Can I preach to you in the Holy Ghost uh, everything that God has promised over your life? Uh, I don't care how much trouble has come. Uh, I don't care how many troubles has come into your walk. Uh, God is still able through his blood uh, to redeem it. Uh, he is able to reissue the deem uh, through his blood, uh, through his name, uh, through his grace, through his mercy. If you allow him to. I said if trouble has begun to mess with your joy, then you have to get a revelation of re- rejoicing. You got to get your joy all over again. You got to get the joy through the lens of his blood. I said there's nothing too far from God that he is not willing to reach and bring back with his anointing. I don't care how long you've been backslid. I don't care what the devil has done to your kids. When God gets involved, he is able to redeem anything and everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The trouble. Trouble is the bridge to redemption. Trouble is the bridge to redemption. God issues a deem, but there is no need for redemption if there's not trouble. God uses the trouble to accomplish his purpose. Y'all going to make me preach in here, huh? God uses the trouble to, to accomplish his will and he's not surprised. He's sovereign. He's able to use it to do whatever he wants it to do. Even when Satan thought he won when he put Jesus on the cross. And this is what's amazing about God. The Bible says that Satan filled Judas to betray Jesus. Satan filled Judas to betray Jesus. Satan, you see how I keep repeating it? Filled Judas to betray Jesus. And without Judas' betrayal, there would not be the cross. Uh, let me, let me, are you, are you, oh, here we are. 
Satan filled Judas to betray Jesus and without Judas' betrayal, there would be no Calvary. Without Calvary, there would be no Gentile salvation. Without Calvary, we wouldn't be here. God used Satan to help. Satan thought he was winning when really God was just using him as a puppet. He was using trouble as a puppet to bring in grace and mercy to all nations. Oh, you need to clap your hands and thank God for the grace and mercy of God. Come on, you need to clap your hands and thank God no matter how hard the devil fights, God is still able uh, to bring glory uh, out of the midst of opposition, uh, out of the midst of heartache. He's still able. Hallelujah. 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 If the princes, if the princes of this world had known that they had crucified the Lord of glory, the Bible says they wouldn't have done it. But the resurrection was in the hidden wisdom of God. Can I tell you, in the hidden wisdom of God, Satan doesn't have access to that. All he does, it has access to the trouble. But he doesn't know that redemption comes after the trouble. Can I tell you, if the enemy would have known that you would have been redeemed, he never would have hit you with drugs he never would have hit you with alcoholism he never would have touched your family he never would have touched your daughter but the resurrection the redemption it's in the hidden wisdom of God and whenever God gets ready he is still able to bring it back as if it never happened the power the power of trouble the power of trouble. Trouble is what brings greatness out of man. David said that you enlarged me, Lord, when I was in distress. You grew me when I was in trouble. You did your best work in me when I was in distress. You didn't grow me when everything was going good in my world. You didn't grow me whenever I was on the mountain doing well. You didn't grow me when things were going great in my life. No, you chose the toughest times to do your best work in me. You chose the hardest times to grow something in me that I didn't know was there. You chose the dark moments to be the place that you would birth greatness on the inside of me. Can I tell you? Don't you despise your trouble. God is still able to do something deep in you that success can, come on, there's something that failure can accomplish that success never can, and that is a growth, that is a power, that is an anointing on the inside of you. I want everybody to clap those hands for a moment. I just need somebody to take a praise break for a moment. Hikabo Shetaya. Come on, somebody clap those hands a little bit louder. The Holy Ghost is in this building. Oh! Hallelujah. Can I tell you, can I tell you, whenever people get comfortable, God just sends some trouble to get them out of their comfort zone. I told somebody a few months ago, I said, you know, God has a well for your will. Jonah, you want to do your will? I got a well for your will. And I will keep you in the well long enough until my will becomes your will. Jonah went into the well with his will and he came out of the well with God's will. How long do you have to stay in trouble before you finally yield to the hand of God? How long do you have to struggle before you finally say enough is enough already. I want to do what God wants me to do. 
You see, you see, you see, so can, can I tell you, if you don't praise him voluntarily, God will raise up enough hell in your life to make you praise him involuntarily. If you won't worship him voluntarily, God knows how to push the right button to get you to worship him involuntarily. If you won't praise him voluntarily, if you won't pray to him voluntarily, God knows how to touch a unique situation to you come on somebody to finally get you on your feet it's amazing how when we get blessed we act like God had never delivered us from anything and we have the audacity to come into his presence to act like God is on our beck and call hey you do what I want no 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 God says hold on I'm gonna put you back into a dependent state hey let me touch that and touch that and I'm gonna get you your praise back and your joy back because Trouble will deliver the fruit of your lips. Let me ask you a question. Well, what does God have to touch for you to worship him? Hello? This thing's on, right? Well, what does he have to mess with? Come on, somebody. Because he will use trouble to bring out what you hide. Got some hidden praisers in here. I know what you're capable of. You just don't show it. I like to keep it down here. I was like, well, I'll send you through some hell to get it out of there. Come on, somebody. That's the power of trouble. Trouble brings forth the treasure that you've been hiding. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a shovel that begins to reach into the core of your spirit and begins to pull out that buried treasure that's been gone for a while. And there's joy beneath the trouble. And there's anointing beneath the trouble. But sometimes it takes trouble to give us a desperation to get us out of ourselves and be what we need to be in the presence of God. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that one of the greatest problems, I, I told somebody, you know, the thing about God is that God, the Holy Ghost, uh, doesn't have the ability to make anybody here forget. Did you know that? Uh, the Holy Ghost doesn't have the ability to make anyone here forget. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Holy Ghost calls to remembrance, uh, but the Holy Ghost doesn't have the ability to make you forget. Uh, but you know what has the ability to make you forget? Blessing has the ability to make you forget. Moses said, you're going to go into the promised land and you're going to get so fat with blessing. He said, you're going to forget my commandments. Uh, Joseph, whenever he came out of the prison, uh, he had a son named Manasseh, which means uh, God hath made me to forget uh, uh, the toil of my father's house. Uh, Joseph reached such a state of blessing, he forgot what happened to him. Uh, what am I saying? Uh, we can get so blessed uh, that we forget uh, about the muck and the mire that we were in. We forget about the goodness of God and his mercy. So when blessing makes you forget, he sends trouble to make you remember. I wish somebody would take a trip down memory lane for a moment and give praise to God in this building. I think he's worth more than that. I take a trip down memory lane and think about the goodness of God. You need to lift up your voice. You need to clap your hands. You need to do it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, he's worthy of more than that. I said you could clap a little bit louder than that. I think he's worthy of more. I said, you can stand on your feet and praise him more than that right now. I said, he's done so much for you. Come on, somebody. I said, from the front to the back, you need to stand on your feet. and You need to give glory to God. Because he's still able.
Hallelujah. One of the most often misquoted scriptures in the Bible is Romans 8.28. We misquote this scripture so often. Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. We quote this wrong a lot of times because we like to say and we know that all things work together for our good. I don't think the Bible says that. It doesn't say that, does it? No. It says all things work together for good. Now, here's my question. Whose definition of good is this? Because you and I have different definitions of what that word good means dependent on our background, dependent on, on our history, dependent on how we were raised. You and I have different definitions of what that word good means. Uh, if I was a homeless person and I had never lived in a house ever and I'm homeless and someone comes to bless me with a shed, a shed about this size, I'm going to step in that shed and I'm be like, man, God's good. But I've, I've been living in a mansion my whole life. And I lose everything. And you come and bless me with that same shed. I'm going to look at this shed and be like, this is a curse. You see, we have different definitions of what the word good means dependent on our background. Huh? But this is not our definition of good. This is God's definition of good. The Greek word good is agathos, which literally means intrinsically good. It's what happens on the inside that makes the trial good. The success of a trial is not the outcome, but it's what you become in the trial that makes it successful. So even if I lose everything God used to make me more like him, he used my heartache, he used my despair to conform me into it. Can I tell you, you are becoming something in your frustration. You are becoming something in your hell. You are becoming something in your trouble. There is something that is happening beneath the surface uh, that is conforming you into the image of God because uh, now you're more sensitive now uh, now you have more compassion uh, now uh, you have a hunger on the inside of you uh, and when he doesn't change my circumstances uh, at least he's changing me he's changing me he's doing something I said he's doing something in you I said you look at your circumstances and you say man it just didn't work out but when it's you don't see it working out remember he's working you out he's doing something on the inside of you he's making you into his image he is conforming you into what he wants you to be and I come to preach to this church in the Holy Ghost even if circumstances have it changed in your world there is a growth that has been in this church uh, beneath the surface. Uh, there has been something on the inside uh, that has been developing. Uh, I know the situation still looks the same, uh, but you have not recognized uh, over the past year uh, how much you've grown uh, and how much your family's grown. Uh, and I know that the losses are still there. Uh, and I know that the heartaches are still there, uh, but you have developed uh, in this process. Uh, I said, uh, you didn't go through it in vain. Uh, 
I said, you are becoming something greater. You are becoming what God had ordained for you to become. That's what the next verse says. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed into the image of his son. All the hell that you have been through has been God conforming you. He's been taking out your independency. He's been taking out your pride. He's been taking out your envy. And he's been pouring in righteousness. He's been pouring in gentleness. He's been pouring in love. And I feel a witness in the Holy Ghost that there's a whole bunch of people in this place. You're not the same as you was this time last year. You've been through so many storms. All of a sudden, we don't have to beg you to worship. No, you voluntarily lift up those hands because you've been through so much hell. Come on, somebody. You've been through so much. We don't have to beg you to be like him. Oh, can you clap your hands to the Lord again? Oh, I feel the presence of God in this building. Hallelujah. I said, you have, you have grown. You say, Brother Jackson, but I'm still in the same situation, but I know, but you've grown. I say, you've grown. I said, there's been a depth in you. There's been a great maturity in you. You're not what you used to be. You used to be quick to anger. You used to be quick. You were edgy. But now that trial has brought a patience about in your life. Come on, somebody. Now you're more patient with individuals. You used to complain all the time. My Lord, I'm talking to you. He used to complain. He used to always point out everything that's wrong. The music was never right for you. The preaching wasn't the best all just what you liked all the time he said oh I wish he would have preached on that oh I wish he would have did that oh I wish they would have sang this song why they didn't play in this key no now after your trial you're just hungry for a word you don't care if it comes out of a 13 year old just give me the word of God just give me the word this song doesn't have to be just right now no you just I just gotta get in his presence I just gotta get in his presence what's happened to you that is trouble trouble has begun to work in you and it's begun to grow you he used to he used to be that prided yourself in your analytical nature brother Jackson I'm really more of an analyzer guy I don't, I don't get involved, Brother Jackson. I just look. That, that, that was you last year. You didn't come to church to experience God. You just came to look at others experiencing God. Oh, he shouldn't have run the aisle like that. He's going to fall. He's going to hurt himself. I've seen it happen 20 years ago. I'm telling you. Yeah, he got the Holy Ghost. Hope he's here Wednesday night Bible study. Don't even rejoice about them speaking in tongues. Yeah, he's speaking in tongues. Hopefully, see him Wednesday. If I don't see him Wednesday, I don't think he got it. Look how it's quiet in here. Because where I lived in New Brunswick the last year or something. Don't don't. You you were the analyzer. They they break through. You immediately start questioning. Just, uh, and, you're in the, and you're in the back analyzing. You're not even up front in the altar call. You're standing by the door. <laughs> what you think? Uh, well, I think he's speaking in tongues. Uh, send me a video.
I'll verify. Instead of moving where you are and coming to assist. Oh, my Lord. Instead of moving where you are and coming help them pray. I'm saying what you used to be. I'm saying where you were. You just immediately analyzed it but never got involved to assist with the breakthrough and the move of God. Just kind of stayed in the back and verified, judged. No, he got it. He got it. Well, I think he got it too. No, he didn't. A miracle happened, really. Yeah, it's been doctor verified. Well, let me bring him to my doctor. <laughs> Man, I'm in it like that, huh? Bring him to my doctor. My doctor will super verify it. And it was just the analytical, analyze it all, not get involved, not get, sir, everybody stand. And when everyone stands, you just walk out the door. All right, everybody, everybody stand. Look at you. Okay, I'm out, y'all. God bless y'all. Never came up to pray. He never came down to pray. Everybody come to the front and pray. Look at you. Look at you. Look, look at you. Are, are you at everybody? Hello? Everybody come and pray. Look at you. Um, that, that means you too. That, 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 that was you. That was you this time last year. That, that, that was you. That was, that was you. You left as soon as you could. You, left, you, you didn't really stay in fellowship. You, you got out. You were, you were just in your world, man. But, but, but something has happened over this past year. Where you're not in the back analyzing, no. They say, come forward. You're, you're coming up. Hold on, let me assist this. Young man, he needs a breakthrough. He needs, he needs a touch. They say, well, did he really break through? Well, yeah, he was, he was there. He still has some issues. But, man, the way he's gone after God, it's provoked me to be better. Now, now over the past year, they say, everybody stand. And you're, you're, not, even, you're, not, even, you're not even sitting any longer. You can't wait for them to say, everybody stand. And as soon as you say, everybody stand, you know, you know what time it is. You don't wait back there. You just start coming up here with your hands lifted. Why? Because that trial has begun to touch your heart. It's begun to minister to you. It's begun to draw you closer to God. You have been made into the image of God. You're not the same. Trouble has begun to work on you. Uh, trouble has begun to work in your midst uh, where you're not coming to analyze anymore. Uh, you came to get a touch from God because uh, you need it for your family. You need it for your daughter. Uh, you need it for people that need to be delivered in this community. Uh, and I've come to talk to you in the Holy Ghost uh, that trouble has begun to bring some fruit uh, out of your life uh, that it transcends this world uh, that is deeper than you could ever imagine. If you feel a witness in the spirit, can you clap your hands for an another moment and can somebody lift up your voice in this building I feel the Holy Ghost in this place hallelujah 
if this is helping, can you wave a hand right now? If this is helping you, if this is helping you, can you wave a hand? Let me tell you something. In the spirit, there is a man named Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue. Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue. It was one of the highest offices during in the New Testament in the Gospels. As a matter of fact, the emphasis was more on the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, and the rulers of the synagogue than the priest. During the Old Testament, the priest were the power of the day. Those were the ones that had influence with the people. But in the New Testament, since the temple had been reconstructed several times, now, all of a sudden, because of Hellenized Greece, the people that had influence among the people were, were the Hellenized Jews, Hellenism, and because Hellenization, and the Jews, the priests didn't have influence among the people in the Gospels. It was the rulers of the synagogue. It was the priest. It was, it was, was it the priest? It was the Pharisees. It was the Sadducees, and it was the scribes. Those were the heavy hitters in the New Testament. Jairus was the ruler of the synagogue, and the ruler of the synagogue's occupation was he was the one that scheduled the services for the synagogue. The emphasis was on the synagogue more than the temple. If you notice all of the ministry of Jesus, it always happened in the synagogue more than the temple because the synagogue had more influence in the gospels than the temple had because it was there that they were preaching and teaching. It was there that they were singing hymns and now Jairus, that ruler of the synagogue that would perform the services. He was the one responsible for getting the services just in order. He was the one, he was a man that was regimented, a man that was filled with routine, a man that was filled with the routine rituals of the synagogue. He was the one that said, it's going to be three songs, and then it's going to be an offering, and then there's going to be the word, and then we're going to close it up with prayer. He was the one that made sure every synagogue service went how it was supposed to be regimented, ritualistic in how that way but finally there came a day that the ritual could not help Jairus because his daughter was near death she was about to die and Jairus found out that the routine could not deliver his daughter he found out that the ritual could not deliver his family and trouble began to break him free from the system began to break him free from the routine and he said forget all of this ritual I gotta touch Jesus I need Jesus to touch my daughter and all of a sudden that trouble began to break him free from the mentality of the routine all the time and he said enough is enough already I gotta go touch Jesus because my family needs a touch from God and that trouble began to break him free from the routine of the synagogue worship and he went after Jesus and he bowed and he said I need you because my daughter lieth at the point of death and Jesus said go show me where she is he's walking with Jesus and while he's walking with Jesus the Bible says a woman with the issue of blood came and touched the hem of his garment and all of a sudden she got healed but notice Jairus' steadfastness. He stayed next to Jesus because he had this mentality. You can touch him if you want, but I'm taking him home with me. Oh, my Lord. You can touch him on Sunday if you want, but I'm taking him back home with me. You can get a little touch of Jesus if you want, but I'm taking him back to my house because my house needs a demonstration of the Holy Ghost that transcends. When he brought when he brought Jesus back to his home, we notice his whole house is stigmatized by a ritual. It's all stigmatized by the routine because the Bible says there were people that were weeping over his daughter. These were not sincere prayers. These were people that were hired to cry. They were hired to cry. 
cry. That was the custom in, in the Middle East where you would hire mourners to come to weep over weep over the death in your relatives, the death of your relatives, the death of a family member. You would hire them to come and cry. Notice the distinction on how immediately they went from crying to laughing when Jesus said, no, she's just asleep. And the Bible says they laughed him to scorn. That's how you know it wasn't sincere cry tears. They were hired to cry, but they immediately went to laughing. His whole life was stigmatized. His whole house was stigmatized by the routine and the ritual. So Jesus says, go ahead and cast them out. I'm about to do a miracle here. Can I tell you, whenever trouble came to Jairus' life, it broke him free from the order of worship and the order of service. I, I know you're waiting on an altar call right now, but can you get hungry enough where I don't need to give one, where you say, I'm in trouble, Brother Jackson. I just need a touch from the Holy Ghost. Oh, I want everyone in this building to stand on your feet. And I want you to lift up your hands and begin to go after him. You're in trouble. You don't need me to facilitate you into a move of God. You've been in trouble. You don't need me to push you into a move of God. You're in trouble. You don't need me. To give you another routine ritual to follow. No, you just got to get a hunger and desperation in you that says, I'm tired of the routine. I'm tired of the system. I am ready to go after Jesus. I need him to break some chains in my family. My daughter is backslid. I need a touch from God. My son isn't living right. I need a touch from God. I'm dealing with depression. I need a touch from God. And the ritual can't save me. And the routine can't save me. Only Jesus has the power to disrupt in the name of come on Jairus come on come on Jairus you've been in trouble Jairus it's time to break free from what hasn't been working you've always prayed that way Jairus and you still haven't been delivered you need to do something different Jairus you need to go after Jesus Jairus you always raise your hands that way Jairus you always pray that way Jairus, you need a desperation in you. Let trouble provoke something out of you for you to do something different. If you've never shouted, you need to shout. If you've never run, you need to run. If you've never danced, you need to dance. Let trouble begin to bring something to the surface that you never knew was there. <laughs> Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on. That's the power of trouble. You begin to realize you have more power in you than you think you have. You begin to realize there's more anointing in you than you think you have. You begin to realize you're more chosen than you thought you were. That is the power of trouble. It yields some things out of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want everyone from the front to the back. I want you to step out of your seat and make your way up to the front. Move in closer. There's room up here. That's it. Everyone from the front to the back, go ahead and come forward. Lifting up your hands. That's it. Make your way down. Make your way down. That's it. From the front to the back. We're going to have a time of prayer before we leave this place. Come on. I'm talking to you. Jairus, yeah, you've been dealing with it, and you just sitting there. Is it gonna get the job done? No, you need a touch from God, you need a move of the Holy Ghost, and so you need some desperation on the inside of you that says, This is the last moment. I'm gonna be bound by the routine, and I'm gonna allow trouble to deliver me from the system. Oh. Oh, 
Oh, in the name of Jesus. 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 Shila mokore alalaya tamahoya. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Oh, the Holy Ghost is here. Ooh. Oh, the power of God is in this building. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, the Holy Ghost is in this building. Oh, God is meeting some needs right now. Come on, can you lift up your voice a little bit more? I feel God's meeting some needs in this building. You're going to come out of this trouble with the power. You're going to come out of this trouble with an anointing. You're going to come out of this trouble in the demonstration of the Spirit. You're going to be better than you've ever been. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Shalom Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Let me, uh, let me, let me tell you what your trouble has been producing. Musicians could come, you can. Let me tell you what your trouble has been trying to produce out of you. Because you know what? You're, you're, you're a person that has learned to deal with stuff. And you feel strong for, you just learn to deal with it. You don't, you don't try to change it. You just, you just take it. I'm not talking to somebody in this building. You just learn to take it. And you just take it and you say, well, it's, it's just life. It's just life. It's just, it is what it is. It's just, it's just life. And you take it and you take it and you take it and, 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 you, and you take it. But what God is trying to produce out of your trouble is a desperation where you don't have to take it. You don't have to take it when he can change it. But what it is, is you've been right here and just one thing after another just keeps hitting you. You keep being faithful. You keep doing what you know to do, but he just keeps on coming. But God is trying to provoke something in this church that says, I don't have to just take it. I can go on the offense and get desperate. Not just laid back. I know, I know you got that personality. I'm, I, I can be the same way. I can be the same way, but the enemy will keep on pushing you if you keep allowing him to. If he knows that you're not going to get desperate and come back with something, he's going to keep on pouring it on you where it almost suffocates you, where you just can't even breathe. So God says, look, I know you've been waiting on me, but God says, but I've been waiting on you. I've been waiting on you to initiate. You say, I'm just waiting on God to do you, Come on, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now where you've just been a little passive. You just say, I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God to do. And God says, I've been waiting on you to get desperate. Where it's not time for God to initiate. He says, it's time for you to start initiating for you initiate the move of God 
where it doesn't have to be created. Come on, Holy Ghost. Doesn't have to be created with this incredible worship team. Doesn't have to be coerced or pulled down for you. But literally in the first song, you're coming up and you're just reaching because you're desperate. Because you're desperate. And you pull the hand of God down where he's not reaching down. You are reaching up to pull his hand down. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. You don't have to, you don't have to just be stigmatized just by the routine. We have a structure to help create a structure for the Holy Ghost to break through. It's the only reason we have it. It's to so God, God can come in whenever He wants. But when God's ready to move, you can't say, well, once this is over, offerings after this. Or you just look to the next pillar in the structure. The next pillar in the routine. Come on, Holy Ghost, where it prevents you from responding now. Because you say, well, they're going to take up the offering soon, so I don't want to respond now. I don't want to respond during the preaching. He might do the altar call now. But when you're desperate, you're not waiting for the next thing. Come on, you got to have them now. Come on, you have to have them now. Come on, Sakaya. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, can you lift up your hands right now and close your eyes and just get desperate for a touch? Come on, lift up those hands and close your eyes and just begin to cry out, Jairus. Come on, cry out and get desperate. Come on, that's it. Get desperate, Jairus. You need him to come back to your home. You, you need a touch, Jairus. That's the power of trouble. It'll produce some desperation in you. Uh, I'm coming off a of defense. I'm coming on the offense. Uh, I'm going after God with everything in me. Come on, Jairus, lean in. Come on, Jairus, press in. Hey, shut up. Come on, I want you to pray with the person next to you right now. The power of God is in this building. I want you to lean over and pray with somebody right now. Come on, that's it, lean over, come on. That's the compassion I'm talking about. You pray with somebody near you right now. And you let them know you're coming out of this trouble. You're coming out of this heartache. You're coming out of this pain. God's gonna do something in your family. There's a desperation that's being born.